Hey guys, welcome back to the All In Podcast. Uh, I am back hosting today. I missed an episode. I was away for sister's wedding, so congrats to my sisters. Cool vibes down there, but you know, family call. So every once in a while, you got to take an episode off. Eli held it down for me. Uh, it's good to see you, man. You too, man. We uh, we miss you, man. We had Sean come on and fill in for you, but mm-hmm. uh, we certainly missed your take on the Champions League final in your last episode. Yeah, yeah, I missed it too. I missed being able to watch it for sure. I was on an airplane actually as the game was going on, um, and then I I had landed, and then you guys had just finished your live show. But um, we have a lot to talk about today on this episode, and we want to start with um, you know just some exhausting news, some some frustrating news. We saw another black man shot at the hands of police this week, and Jacob Blake shot seven times in the back. I believe as of now, he, he has survived. Uh, I believe he is right now paralyzed from the waist down. They're hoping for a recovery. Um, but Eli, I'm going to turn this to you, of course, to, to share your thoughts on this tragic event. Yeah, man. Um, you know, I think uh, obviously uh, a lot that needs to be said about this has been said, um, especially, you know, since we talk about sports. I thought Doc Rivers' interview last night was incredible. Um, I, I felt every word of Fred Van Vliet, um, you know, and his pain, uh, um, George Hill, yep. um, you know, as someone who plays for a team that's in Wisconsin where this happened, uh, I felt all their pain, man. I, I really do. And it's upsetting to be honest with you. Like it's, it's becoming, um, it's becoming emotionally draining, man, to just, and it's, this is someone I don't know from a can of paint lives in a completely other state than me and you still it feels like you know when does when does it stop you know what I mean when is when is it that you know we everybody finally gets on the same page and it's like okay there has to be a better way for police to handle these situations like you can't tell me that three guys cannot subdue one unarmed person without shooting him in the back seven times like you, you, there's nothing you can you can tell me that three trained officers can't subdue that guy for whatever reason that they needed to mm-hmm. without killing him or almost killing him or and and paralyzing him and changing his life forever for not only himself but his family and his kids you know what I mean? They're, they're going to forever be responsible for him because he may not ever be able to walk again because of officers, trigger-happy trigger police officers. Let's just keep it a bean. There's, there was, there's just no reason to use your gun there. He doesn't have – your, your life is not in danger. He's not trying to fight you. He's not – he didn't pull out any weapons. The man was literally just trying to – leave and go home after breaking up a fight he didn't even do anything wrong and and what makes it 10 times worse um is you know you get on social media you see the videos that people are tweeting out and and talking about how disgusting it is and there's people like right under in the comments talking about well oh if he would just comply this doesn't happen well there's there's so many things wrong with that stupid ass statement and i don't curse a lot on this show but it's so many things wrong with that dumb ass statement and and one of them is 
not complying with police officers is not a damn death sentence ever. Whatever crime you commit is not a death sentence where police officers get to be judge, jury, and executioner. That's never right. been the case. So why do we always, why do racists always bring that up? Oh, well, if he would just comply, he wouldn't be shot. The other thing is that's not fucking true. Breonna Taylor was killed in her sleep. So we can comply. We can do everything we're asked to do. George Floyd had a knee on his neck for eight minutes and was completely subdued and had a knee on his neck for eight minutes and was killed. So you can't say that if we just comply, sure, yeah, maybe it lessens the chances of us getting shot. But Philando Castile was complying as well when he yep. informed an officer that he had a registered firearm and was reaching to, to get it as the police officer asked him to and then got shot right after in front of his kids. So don't give me that BS excuse. Please stop it. It's not valid. It's, it's your way of trying to blind yourself to the clear, obvious racism that is in these police departments everywhere. Mm -hmm. Every police department has it. It's a disease. It's not a few bad apples. It's a shit ton of bad apples is what it is. And granted, I get it. There are good cops. I understand that, that not 100% of police officers are bad. But in a, in a job where people's lives are at stake, you can't have bad apples, period. It can't, you can't. You can't have anyone with unconscious bias against black people because people lose their lives that way. That's like a, a pilot not being able to land a plane or having an alcoholic pilot. You can't have that. People die when shit like that happens. People die when there are bad apples in your police department. And the other biggest problem is if, you're, if there's truly good cops out there, all those good cops would be condemning this because that in no way, shape or form should have resulted in seven, that altercation, I don't care what anyone says, should have resulted in seven shots in the back, period. I don't care. There's no excuse. So it's just exhausting, man. It's exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting to read these people's comments on social media. I, I'm trying all that I can today to just stay off of social media because I was up at 3 a.m. last night because I got triggered by a, by a comment I saw on a tweet. And it's just, and it's because it's exhausting to know that there's people out there that still don't get it. It is. It honestly is. Yeah. People, people who can't check their own privilege and realize that this stuff is disproportionately happening to black people. Sure, do, do, has a white person unjustly been killed by a police officer? Probably. But how often do you get it on camera? Not much. Why? Because you don't feel the need to record every action that you have with a police officer. That's why. So I just, I need people to, to understand that this absolutely is a race issue. It is. And whether it's, you know, and, and by the way, racism is not just, oh, when I see a black person, I cringe. You know what I mean? Like that's, or I, I consistently call people the N word. Like I think people have a false perception of what racism is. No, racism can be unconscious. 
it can be something that because it's so deeply rooted into America, you don't even realize you're a racist until we point out why what you're saying is racist. You know what I mean? And that's the same thing with these police officers. So like, yeah, they might not even have a history of violence against black people, you know, as before as police officers, but unconsciously, a lot of them do have the feeling that we are larger threats to them, to their safety. And that's what makes them trigger happy. And that's what ultimately needs to change. And I don't know what's going to do it, man. And you know, I feel George Hill and Fred Van Vliet, like they're talking about, you know, the boycott um, and boycotting this, the Boston Celtics and the Raptors have been meeting about boycotting the playoff game. And like, I feel them, like I can't work because of this shit, man. Like that's, it stresses me out that much. I can't focus. I can't focus because it's just, it's so, like I said, it's so emotionally draining. It's hard to do anything else. It's hard to show up to work day in and day right. out, knowing this stuff is going on. And I feel them. So I can see why they might not want to play a game after watching something like that. This is, that's trauma still. You watch a video like that, that is trauma. Watching someone die or almost die. So I get it. Now, is it going to change anything? No, unfortunately. Because, you know, the people watching basketball right now already get it. So you're not convincing anyone else, you know what I mean, that, this is an issue. We already know that your audience is heavily on the side of Black Lives Matter. And the people that aren't are boycotting the NBA anyway. So they're not going to see it. They're not going to care. They're going to, you know, so unfortunately, I don't know how much change it's going to make, but I feel them. I feel them as far as like not being able to focus and, and show up to work. I, I 100% understand. And it's, it's sad. Um, and I, I patiently await the day um, that this is resolved, you know, this, this issue, I, I know it's, it's going to take a while, unfortunately. Um, but God, it is exhausting waiting for that day. Yeah. And, you know, when you talk about the players, I think you do bring up a good point with the trauma that it causes. It's not just that they want to sit out to potentially protest something or to potentially say that something needs to change or we're not playing. It's also that like, this is trauma and it's not just trauma for the, the guy who got shot, who may never walk again, who, who, you know, very well could have died or his family who had to watch him get shot is also trauma for every black person in America because, and that's what, as a white sympathizer, you can never quite grasp. You can never quite grasp of seeing on camera, you know, someone who looks like you being terrorized by the police. And that's what black people have to deal with. Yeah. And, and you mentioned the people that the people on Twitter and social media who are justifying this somehow, you know, I wish that I could say it's just them. I wish I could say it's just these stupid people. I mean, Lindsey Graham is a, is a freaking Senator and yeah. he was on camera today saying, you know, I just wish that guy would have just complied. Why didn't he just like, there is no death sentence ever for anyone who doesn't comply. And to say, you know, and here's the thing, and, and we talk about these subconscious biases. The only reason that this, this guy, this cop, would shoot him in the back seven times is if he thought that that guy was going into his car to grab a gun or to grab something to attack him. But, like, why would he think that? Why would he assume that someone is going to grab a gun and kill him? It's because he has a subconscious fear of black people, and he's been taught that over history. He's been taught 
to fear black people subconsciously now. And maybe that's part of his police training. And he shot him in the back because of a subconscious fear of black people. So that's something that has to be addressed in the police department. The other thing is, and, and I've talked about this before, why is there even a gun in the situation? Yeah. Why does he, he answers a call or he, he's patrolling by, he sees people fighting, you know, arguing. Uh, and it looks like it's broken up. I think the fight was really between his kids. It, you know, it wasn't like a serious brawl or anything. Right. And so why even bring a gun to that situation? It just doesn't make uh, any sense at all. And it's so illogical. And so, so yeah, for me, I, I'm, it, it's, it's very tough. I will ask you, so then you, you talked about the players then. Do you think it would be the right move? You talk about this Boston-Toronto series, and a lot of the players are talking about sitting. And the NBA has actually seen this before. Back after Martin Luther King got killed, there was discussions with the players who, who had discussed sitting out um, the, the all-star game and then eventually the playoff games. They had uh, talked about sitting out, and eventually it came down to Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell were the ones that decided, as it often does, these stars in the NBA are it's such a position of, of power in the communities. They decided to play. Um, do you think that they should play or do you think they should sit out? I would like, I would probably say like postpone it. You know what I mean? Like push the games back a couple of days and give them some time to grieve. Um, yeah. You know, cause I, I think that's the biggest issue here um, is that I think the, the everyone needs time to grieve. I mean, Doc Rivers was crying last night in his interview. Mm -hmm. I'm holding them back now just talking about it because again, it's like, it's dramatic, man. So, Right. You know, it, it takes, it's going to take a while to, you know, recover from seeing that and having no faith that justice is going to be served um, because typically it's not. Yep. Um, and, you know, the, the other thing that I forgot to mention is that, um, you know, the Wisconsin um, governor calls in 250 National Guard members to prepare for protests and riots. And to me, it's just like, dude, we wouldn't even have to protest or riot if we just, just arrest them. If, yeah, if you just arrest them, you know what I mean? And instead, they get put on leave while an investigation goes on. That's going to take a while. Then hopefully, like, I don't see why they wouldn't be charged here, but hopefully we get some charges. And then we got to hope that the trial then pans out. Like, that's going to take like a year, man. Like, you know what I mean? Close to a year for... The, the trial to actually take place and, and, yeah. and be convicted possibly, you know what I mean? So like, um, that's funny that like taxpayer dollars get spent on the national guard having to come in where you wouldn't even need them. If justice was just brought swiftly to the police officers who's, who tried to murder this guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It would, it would literally be that simple, but yeah. you know, um, but yeah, back, I mean, back to the players, uh, I would, I, I would sit, um, you know, I wouldn't cancel the game, maybe push it back, you know, sit out and, and let it be known we're sitting out because of what happened in Wisconsin, what continues to happen all over the country. Um, and, you know, make it known. So the conversation still continues, even though I don't think that's the issue. I think that I, every day I scroll up and down my timeline and see people arguing about it. Um, you know, about this issue, just systemic racism in general. I see it every day, even when someone doesn't get shot. So, you know, I don't, I don't think that's the issue. I don't think they've distracted anyone from the conversation. 
Um, and I think they've actually done a wonderful job of keeping the conversation going while they're there. Mm -hmm. um, so I do want to commend them for that and let them know that we appreciate everything that the NBA has done since they started in the bubble to try to continue to do that. Um, but yeah, yeah, go, go ahead and sit, um, you know, recover and, you know, basketball can always be picked back up, you know, at a later time, but you know, right now it's just, I, it's, they need time to grieve and I get it. Yep. I get it too. And whatever the players decide, we're going to all, you know, at least on, on this side of, the aisle where we can kind of support this cause are going to side with them, yeah. uh, whatever they decide. So um, we are going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we are going to talk about the Pacers firing head coach, Nate McMillan. Hey guys, it's Mike from the all in podcast. Just wanted to remind you about our merchandise store, teespring.com slash all dash in dash network. Head on over there and use the promo code all in pod and get 15% off support the network. We've got all kinds of t-shirts, hoodies, blankets, phone cases, uh, coffee mugs, really whatever you can get and support the network. We would appreciate it. Go to teespring.com slash all dash in dash network and use the promo code all in pod uh, to get 15% off. Thanks guys. All right, we are back. Um, so big news today on Tuesday, Pacers have fired head coach Nate McMillan. Um, I think they had cited the reason being his playoff record. Um, he, I, I certainly thought he had a successful run as head coach um, in his four seasons as head coach. Yeah. Um, what were your thoughts on the news today? Um, I, it feels unfair. Um, you know, and a lot of times that's how I feel about these coach firings for like middle tier teams that didn't like underachieve by any means. Yeah. Um, like if you look at that roster, like including Sabonis, you'd assume that they were a five to eight seed in the East Eastern conference. So they didn't underachieve. They didn't overachieve. Um, and they played a Miami heat team in the first round. That was just better than them. If we're yep. being honest, I, I expect, I called it to go seven. Maybe I, I was a little ambitious about how good the Pacers were. Um, you called it in five, but said it'd be five close games. And it mostly yep. was, I think like three of them ultimately mm -hmm. were close so like they were super competitive um and then we also have to remember there was no Sabonis who was an all-star yeah. for them this year so he probably you know makes your playoff chances a little bit better probably gets you two games or so right maybe maybe a game um instead of a sweep but like at the end of the day his team finished right in the range where you'd expect them they were better than the Sixers I think so you could argue that they overachieved given the the two rosters there um, and then in the, in the playoffs, they lost to a team that was better than them. He just, he didn't have the roster. Um, and I think Nate McMillan's a good coach. Um, I like his philosophies. I think his teams are always competitive. So, you know, maybe that's something my guy Elton Brand looks as a, as a possible candidate. Um, yeah. if there's, if there's not a clear and obvious better option than him, um, which I don't know that there is right now. I guess like the Antoni and Popovich could possibly be becoming available. It's unlikely. The Pacers apparently want D'Antoni. I don't think that's realistic, you know, for a small market team to want a coach coming off of the team that he's at right now. And that's if he doesn't get extended by Houston or retire in general. So it's probably not realistic, but, you know, I don't know how – firing him is going to help your organization. Like what ain't, ain't many coaches that are going to be available that are going to be better than Nate McMillan, at least as far as I 
feel. So um, I, I don't like it. I don't agree with it. Um, you know, but we'll see if, uh, if the Pacers do somehow land Mike D'Antoni and that was the plan. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, then I guess it makes sense. Even though I don't love yeah. Mike D'Antoni's coaching style or philosophy, I don't think it's championship style, but I mean, maybe neither is Nate McMillan's. I don't know, but yeah, right. seemed a little unjust. I think it was unjust as well. I really like Nate McMillan. I thought he had a real case to be a top five coach of the year candidate this year and last year too. And when you look yep. at his run with the Pacers, so 17, they lost to the Cavs in a competitive series. 18, yep. they lost in seven to the Cavs. LeBron, this is talking about LeBron led Cavs here. Yep. Um, and then, you know, last year, he surprised a lot of people, turned Oladipo into an all star um, coming off his OKC when they made that trade. And, you know, made the playoffs. Oladipo was hurt, so he missed the playoffs, so they lost. You know, it is what it is. Right. This year, he's without Oladipo. I mean, Oladipo missed a full year. He turned Sabonis into this all-star, but then he doesn't have that all-star in the playoffs. So, yeah. like – And Oladipo yeah, did like, not come back the same, by the way. No, he, it wasn't the same. I mean, they were relying on TJ Warren as pretty much their best player in the playoffs this year. Like, yeah, we could probably see how they're <laughs> going to lose in the first round. Like, yeah. it's, not, it's not very surprising. Um, I, I guess, you know, if you're making the argument that they want to go in a different style, you know, he doesn't – he doesn't exactly have the most um, progressive, you know, analytical three run, run and gun, three point style. That's not really him. I don't know if that works for Indiana. Even if you looked at like the roster, if their roster was comprised of Oladipo and Sabonis both in there, like I would have liked to have seen them give him a real chance with both of those guys. Yeah. And then if it doesn't work and Brogdon missed a lot of time too. Yeah. Like, that's who they brought in to help would be Brogdon. And he missed a lot of time. Like, I just don't think it was fair. Um, D'Antoni, D'Antoni could get fired. If they lose to the Thunder here, um, and, and game five is going to happen here right after we're probably done recording. So we won't know who takes control of that series. But if, if Houston loses to, um, the Thunder, D'Antoni could be fired, which I think is a whole nother conversation that we should have one day because I'm looking forward to see who they might hire. And, and whenever he comes into the huddle and he's like, okay, we're going to run this set, do these backdoor cuts in. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Harden, Harden looks at him and he's like, uh, that's not what we do. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> but oh, but so, that, so that's one to watch. So that's yeah. one to watch. But, uh, yeah, McMillan, man, I, I hope he gets another job. I think for me anyway, he jumps to the top of – I think he jumps to the top of list of available guys. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're talking Ty Lue, Jason yeah. Kidd are some of the names that I've heard floated out there. Um, and yeah, he has more coaching experience than both of them. Lou, Ty Lue has a ring, but like yeah. he was coaching LeBron. So like, we've never seen what, what kind of head coach Ty Lue is without LeBron and with a competent roster, you know, he was obviously the Cavs coach after LeBron left, but they were awful. So right. you can't really hold him accountable there, but yeah, like we don't know what kind of coach Ty Lue would be with this Pacers roster. So um, I yeah, or, or with any other roster for that matter, um, that doesn't include him. So we'll see. I think it's going to be very interesting um, what direction the Pacers go in, and um, I have no doubt that Nate McMillan's going to land somewhere uh, eventually. Yeah, I think he will too. I hope. I hope he gets a good roster. I hope he's not ending up on some rebuild because um, he's the type of the coach that you know, is a, he, he'll take an eight seed and make him a five seed, kind of like what we saw with, with Indiana. So I hope he gets a good chance or with a good team anyway. 
Um, Agreed. Okay, we're going to take our last break, and then we're going to come back and talk Lakers and Clippers and um, potentially previewing Boston and Toronto. We're also going to talk about Coop Sixers, so we'll be right back. With the NBA playoffs coming back, something we're going to be seeing a lot is every player's fresh new cut. But you know what else needs a fresh new cut? Your lawn. That's why you should hit up Tavon's Lawn Care. Tavon's Lawn Care LSC is a black family-owned business located in York, Pennsylvania. Tavon's Lawn Care, or TLC for short, since they provide each job with tender love and care, has been in business for over 10 years. Founded by owner Tavon Parker, TLC aims to provide employment for underprivileged youth while providing great service at a reasonable rate. Visit Tavon's Lawn Care LLC or Tavon's Lawn Care on Facebook and Instagram to view their portfolio and request your cost-free quote today. Hey, we are back. Uh, This is the All In Podcast. If you are watching on YouTube, make sure you check out our audio version. We had a nice discussion there about the Pacers firing Nate McMillan. Uh, that is not on the YouTube channel. So make sure you go check out the audio version. If you go to anchor.fm slash all-in-pod, you can find all of our episodes on all of the different platforms. Or you can go to allinnetwork.net and you can find the link to the podcast as well as the podcast, our other podcasts that we have, All In Politics, Rodo Radio, Rain and Bliss, um, and Beast Gaming, our newest podcast, which debuted last week. Uh, so make sure you check out allinnetwork.net. Uh, on this part of the podcast we want to discuss some playoff happenings what's going on we want to get you guys catch up um so we'll start with the lakers and the clippers the lakers and the clippers they both took kind of commanding leads um it looks like uh i think the lakers are probably going to wrap it up uh, wednesday night we're doing this wednesday you know in midday so it hasn't happened yet i think they're probably going to wrap it up i don't think dame lillard's playing tonight um and the clippers last night tuesday night took a commanding 3-2 lead with a really dominant performance. Paul George stepped up big time, and they really kicked the crap out of the Mavs after losing game four on that Luka game winner. Um, so between these two teams, it looks like they're both going to get out of the first round, which we expected. Um, who, who are you feeling most confident about going forward? Um, the Lakers. Um, and coming into the playoffs, I was not feeling that way. After game one, I wasn't feeling that way. Um, but the Mavs are exposing – a lot of Clipper flaws here um, yeah. that they're, they're not really as good perimeter defending as we thought. Now, granted Patrick Beverly's out, um, yep. but Lucas torching these boys. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you have like two of the best defender wing defenders in the league in Kawhi and Paul George. And like, neither of them have really like stepped up and taken the challenge. Like, okay, I'm going to shut this dude down. Like mm-hmm. for some reason. And, and when they are guarding him, you know, he'll, he'll seek out Reggie Jackson and get a, a switch that you don't necessarily need to switch. Mm. And, uh, you know, that's how, you know, that step back game winner and things like that happen because he's abusing Reggie Jackson. Well, like, don't switch, fight through it. Like you guys are some of the best defenders in the league. Like that screen can't be that hard to get through. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, I, I don't really get it. Um, and it concerns me because that was supposed to be their thing was, you know, at least on the perimeter, they were supposed to be this lockdown defensive team, um, and they haven't looked like that at all. Now, um, obviously, they had a blowout win last night, and I think they're going to finish this up in their next game because I think, like, the the rolled ankle that Luca had is finally starting to kick in as far as, like, yeah. the this it's starting to stiffen up because you could see he was gimpy last night. Because uh, right. And a lot of times, like, with, with a rolled ankle, that that stuff doesn't – 
super impact you within the first like 24 to 48 hours like you really start to feel it when the swelling kicks in you know what i mean and and mm-hmm. it gets stiff after you've sat or played he, he went out and played on it again you know what i mean yeah. so that's and morris that probably uh, didn't help. morris morris stepped on it right exactly well yeah marcus morris stepped on it last night so it's just like i don't know that that ankle is going to be good enough for him to get them through game six enforce a game seven and i don't know what Przingis status is um either but um yeah man they they've been exposed they've been pretty bad defensively and uh the the pandemic p thing has been has been real uh throughout the, the pretty much this entire series and up until last night um it was good to actually see him have a good game um i'm a paul george sympathizer usually um, you know, I think we actually talked, we talked about his playoff struggles in OKC on a previous episode when we were talking about top playoff players, I had him higher than you and Todd did. Um, and now I'm just like, okay, well, I'm gonna have to concede you guys were, were right. Cause he was, he's been awful. And then yeah. I saw like D Wade tried to get on Twitter and say it was the shoulder. We're like, oh, well, was his shoulder hurt last night? So, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, that's not a valid Funny excuse. Funny how that me. works. Right? Yeah. So that's not a valid excuse to me. And, you know, um, if, if he can't be at least consistent, like, yeah. I don't, they don't need 35 from him every night. But like, if he, if he's going to be having these bad games, especially in the second round, like they're going to get Houston or okay. No, I'm sorry. They're going to get um, Denver probably or Utah. Utah. Yeah, probably yeah. Utah, who's playing well. By the way, Donovan Donovan Mitchell is not going to, you know what I mean, give you nights off. So, I don't know. Uh, the, I think they're still – I think you can still book them for the conference finals. But uh, they're going to struggle there. And, and when they get to the conference finals, I don't have the same confidence in them beating the Lakers as I might have had, even though the Lakers were my pick. I don't, I don't have as much confidence in the Clippers right now as I did previously. Yeah, I think it's the Clippers for me, too, and it's the defense. Like, we were expecting this defensive juggernaut. Kawhi has not looked like the same defender he has in previous years. I also don't understand the switchability that Doc Rivers thinks that his guards have. They clearly don't. I do not think they should be switching one through five. And if it's a matter of kicking Kawhi and Paul George in the butt and saying, you've got to get over these yeah. or, or even even under these. I mean, even this Luka, like, you can kind of go under. He's not that good of a shooter. I mean, he's like right. 31% shooter, three-point shooter this year. Like, I, I'd go under it to avoid the switch. I'd rather have going under it than and, and potentially he shoots a three than, you know, getting switched and, and Reggie Jackson or, and Lou Will are out there to die. Uh, yeah. Pat Bever coming back probably will hope, I would imagine. Um, but, yeah, Coopers did look good last night. I think Paul George is really the key here because Kawhi has been consistent. Um, yeah, if, if we get me and Todd talked about this last night, I think 25 is kind of a number. If Paul George can get you 25, really not even 25, more like 22, 23. If he can get over that, you know, Clippers are going to be tough to beat for anybody because uh, you know what Kawhi is going to give you. But if he's, you know, if he's struggling like he did, and man, he's struggling. But if he can give you, like, 25-plus, like, they're going to be tough to beat. Um, Kawhi's going to be consistent. And the Lakers, who, you know, after they lost game one, I was on here talking about how I didn't think the shooting – or I didn't know if the shooting was going to improve. Well, it has really much, very much improved. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they were pretty unbelievable the last couple of nights, uh, especially 
uh, Monday night, going for 80 in the first half, like 11 and 19 from three. They were hitting from everywhere. KCP has been great. Yeah. Um, he had, like, Danny Green's been better. Uh, and Anthony Davis has been a force. So, and this is kind of what we expected coming into the Blazers series was we don't know how the Blazers are going to defend these guys. Game right. one, they, you know, they missed a lot of shots and they haven't missed that many shots since. So they've been dominant. Yeah. Um, now, I do think Clippers have the easier road here, assuming Houston beats OKC. Now, if I'm, if I'm the Lakers, I don't know if I want to see Houston in the second round just because of the variability of the shooting. And you don't know, you know, the Thunder have had success against Houston because they've thrown this Lou Dort guy. Yeah. Who, you know, this football player looking guy at, <laughs> at, at Harden. Like, he's the football player at pickup ball. Like, you know what I'm Yes, saying? he is. You know when you go to pickup and there's a football player there and you do not want that guy on you? Like That guy, when he's playing defense, you can't get past yeah, this exactly, arm right here. Exactly, yeah, that yeah, exactly. That's Lou Dort. And he's done a pretty good job on Harden. I don't think the Lakers have that guy, though. Yeah. Um, so, so, I think the Lakers have looked better. And in a Lakers-Clippers matchup, I'm more bullish, but I like the Clippers' road to the Western Conference a little bit easier. I think they're – I think they'll be able to handle Utah probably probably pretty easily. So, I think we're in agreement there. Um, let's go to your team, Philly. Uh, they got swept by Boston, four games to none, have since fired Brett Brown. Um, so, let me, let, me, let me ask you this, and then you can get into your rant. I know you got a big rant. Uh, but, but so, here, here's, here's the game we'll play, okay? All right. Um, you just got to call – it's Elton Brand. He's calling you, and he's saying, Eli, I just got fired, and they're replacing me with you. Are you blowing this up with Embiid and Simmons? Are you trading one of them, or are you finding a coach who can work with both of them? I'm trading Joel Embiid. Yeah. Um, because I, I don't think you'd get nearly the same value for Ben Simmons that you would for Embiid. Um, and ultimately, in today's NBA, a dominant center does not really win you championships anymore. I think, especially like a dominant down low on the block center, um, mm. he hasn't quite developed into an elite enough shooter um, to be considered a full on stretch five um, right. that can play with Ben Simmons. Like Joel Embiid is at his best on the block um, using his size, footwork, and strength to get easy buckets. Um, so in that case, you have to choose one to build around. Um, and it's ironic saying this now, um, yeah. but Ben Simmons is the healthier of the two. I know he's hurt right now, but over their careers, he's been healthier than Embiid has. And his style of play is easier to build around in today's NBA. Um, he also fits better with Al Horford than Joel does, even though mm -hmm. those two, Joel and Al Horford can coexist, but preferably Al Horford should be at the five. That's where he belongs. That's where he's at his best um, because he's a mismatch problem in pick and pop situations. Yeah. Um, and he also defends the paint well. So, um, you know, it also gives you switchability um, on the other end of the floor defensively. So he's a better center for today's NBA, um, you know, and, and fits a lot better with Ben Simmons. Um, and what Joel Embiid can get you back is greater than what Ben Simmons can. So I don't see why my first move, I'd be calling the Wizards. I'd say, look, you're not going anywhere with Brad Beal and John Wall. Mm. We'll take Brad Beal. 
you take Embiid. I don't know how you figure out the pick situation or what, um, you know, and see if that's a deal they bite on. Um, and even then, if you can't pull that off, I think you have to then look at a guy like Zach Levine, um, where you get a lot more picks back. Like I think you could get Levine and their lottery pick. What do they have? The four, they have the fourth pick. Yep. So Levine and the number four pick for Joel Embiid. Or marketing. Or, or Carter, Wendell Carter. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd take either one of those. One of those guys. That's what ta- Taylor, Taylor actually texted me the other day, and he said, Wendell Carter and Laurie Markkinen and the fourth pick for Joel Embiid. Who says no? Probably probably the Bulls. That That's might what I said, too. That's what I said. I think That's they like their core. Or, like, honestly, I'd take Kobe White and, and a future first-rounder and their number four pick. You know, or something like that, um, because Kobe White will probably be a better defender than Zach Levine throughout Mm -hmm. his career. Um, But again, you're kind of resetting your timeline there uh, because you you need to give Kobe some time to develop. But like, I think that's what you got to do anyway, um, unless you could pull a Brad Beal. That's the only way you kind of stay in like a top four position, I think, in the East, maybe. But um, yeah, as of right now, the way this team is constructed, uh, it's not going to work. And Elton Brand has already come out and said he's not looking to trade Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid, um, which, and he said he's looking to complement them better. Well, how are you going to do that without Horford's contract? Explain that to me because who's taking that on with how he played this year? Or Tobias. Um, Yeah. um, And, and I'm a Tobias sympathizer because I think him playing at the three is not his best position and he has no space to really operate and, and we don't play at a fast enough tempo for him um, to even get out and transition, you know, run the wings and, and get something easy. So yeah. like, you know, he's kind of been reduced to a spot up shooter almost, and that's not his game. Right. Um, you know, so I, obviously I think he's a better player than what he's shown over this season, but it, I, I blame that on the, how this team is structured around him. Um, but yeah, like you said, the head's going to be a hard contract to move after the way he played this year. Like the only player, the easiest one to move is going to be Embiid. Um, and really, you don't now you don't have the cap space to necessarily improve this roster. Um, you got to figure out what you're going to do with Josh Richardson, as I believe he's a free, a possible free agent. I think he has a player option or something like that. So you could possibly be losing him, and he's one of our best two-way players. So you got to make a decision there. Um, you know, so the Sixers have to figure something out. Step one was to fire Brett Brown because he's not a championship level coach. Um, Even though I appreciate everything he went through over his seven years as the Sixers head coach and all the turnover he's had. And he absolutely deserved the chance to attempt to get this team over the hump. He couldn't, he had three straight tries and could not get out of the second round at that point you have to say, okay, well, and, and they've given him a multitude of different types of rosters um, where at the first year we had much more shooting second year, not quite as much, but we had a closer in Jimmy Butler um, mm-hmm. and, and then Tobias and uh, unfortunately lost on a game winner from Kawhi. And then this year, you, you know, you lose Jimmy Butler and you didn't get any better. So you got to say, okay, well, we got to move on from Brett Brown find somebody else who's going to be able to coach Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. If that's your plan, um, you need to, everybody who steps in that interview needs to come in and, and say how they're going to get these two to be able to coexist effectively and how you're going to 
get the players around them to complement those two since you are not looking to move either one of them. Um, and, yeah. and you know what? If, if they can't move either one of them, if they can't get, you know, the right things back for either one, fine, don't trade them. Um, you know, give them another – give them maybe one, one more run together and see if a new coach can figure it out. And then if not, you have to blow it up. And, and, and at that point, Elton Brand's probably out the door himself because he didn't blow it up. Yeah. So, you know, not yet. Yeah, I, I think he should be on thin ice. Like, this should be like, yo, this is your last chance. Get us a team that can get out of the second round at least or you're gone. Uh, you know, get us a head coach who can figure out how to make Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons work since you don't want to trade either of them. And if the coach that comes in can't figure it out, you got to go. Yep. And, and not that I don't like Elton Brand. I don't, I just really didn't like the Horford signing. I think that's the biggest mistake. I didn't like the um, giving up Mikhail Bridges for Zaire Smith either. I thought that was an awful trade and it's proven now. We also passed on Michael Carter Jr. in that draft as much as I think he's an idiot. He would be a great fit for us. So, you know, it's, uh, there's, yeah. there's been some mistakes. We don't draft well either. That's, scare, that's what scares me. Um, it doesn't seem to matter who's in that GM chair. We do not draft well unless, you know, Ben Simmons falls in your lap, Joe Embiid fell in your lap at the third pick. Like, unless a player falls in our laps, we do not draft well. And it's, no. it scares me. So, yeah. we'll see. I would trade Embiid. I, I would take almost any offer, I think, that most people would give if if they offer, if whoever was Chicago, if you can even get a top, you know what I'm saying? Like if the Warriors came with a Wiggins and number two pick, I might, I might look at that. Like, yep. I might, I don't know. We'll see. Can I, I throw, mean, can I throw I, one more? Go ahead. Buddy Heald, I think once out of Sacramento, since they moved him to the bench, I'd yep. take Buddy Heald and a buttload of picks back for, uh, and maybe, or maybe another player. Yeah. Uh, Shit, give us Harry Giles. Buddy Hill, Harry Giles, and some picks. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, yeah. I would, if I was the Sixers. I think I, I just want out on Embiid totally. He's lazy. Uh, he Every year now, we look at this in the playoffs, and he's out of shape. He can barely get up and down the court by the time it's the third quarter. Yeah. Uh, we were hoping that the pandemic, like, time off would help. Like, it didn't help. Like, it was still the same thing. I mean, he – I think, like, first quarter – second quarter of game three – he gave up on the series. It was over after that. He, he was done. He, he tried really hard for the first quarter. They were losing. He was like, fuck this. We're losing. I'm out of it. And he was done. And, like, I would just be so out on him. Ellen Brand, I figured, would be fired or reassigned or something. Um, Brett Brown, though, he's going to be a great TV guy. His accent yeah, is yeah. great for TV. He's going to be yes. good on TV, I think. I, I, don't know, I don't know who's going to give him a deal. ESPN, maybe NBA TV to start out probably. Who, who employs Chris Webber? The, uh, TNT. TNT. Get Chris Webber out of And, like, I feel bad Yo, because, like, Chris Webber so seems like a really nice guy. He does. He's just so bad. He's yes. awesome. And they're stuck with him. I think if, if normal situation, I think he's already off the call just because of Twitter shit. But because yeah. they already sent him to the bubble, he's kind of stuck there now. <laughs> yeah. So. He was trending the other night during a game, and I was just reading the tr like all right. the tweets. It was comedy at its finest. Yeah, he he uh, he struggles. He's a nice guy though, but yeah. yeah, it's not it's not been great. So, all right, so let's talk then about the team that beat Philly, the Celtics. They are on to the second round against my squad, Serrano, who swept the Nets. 
that series, they're going to just kind of keep these moving, it looks like. Now they're going to start the, right away on Thursday. So tomorrow will be game one, assuming that the players don't say we're not doing this um, or any other reason that it, that it would get pushed back. Kyle Lowry's status is unclear for game one. He had rolled his ankle in game four. Um, what's your preview for this series? Um, so I think we're going to hold off on making a pick, yeah, yeah. right? No pick, okay. no pick, no pick. Yeah. Cause we're going to do a second round bracket. Um, I guess for another episode, but I think this is going to be a great series, probably the best. Well, I don't know. Miami and, and Milwaukee is going to be good, yeah. but the second round of the East is going to be lit. Um, I think the Celtics are a super competitive team. Um, they're, good two-way team as well. Um, Kyle Lowry status for the Raptors is going to be interesting because, you know, that kind of leaves Kemba Walker, you know what I mean, as a – that's an advantage for Kemba Walker, I should say, because he doesn't have to deal with Kyle Lowry, even yeah. though Van Vliet probably steps up and takes that assignment. But, like, you'd, be, you'd like to be able to throw both of them at him throughout a game. Um, but I think the Raptors are well-equipped to defend, like, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Um you know, the, the Rathers have very good wing defenders. So it's going to be interesting to see if the young wing duo is going to be able to get theirs against, you know, guys like Norman Powell and OG Ananobi and maybe even Siakam at times when maybe Tatum slides to the four, maybe he has Siakam on him. Um, that's going to be interesting to see, man. I think this, will, uh, this could be a big potential series for Jason Tatum. Like if he lights the Rathers up, you got to say like, yo, like this dude might be a killer. Cause they got, they got defenders for Jason Tatum. Um, yeah. And if he, if him or Jalen Brown really like still has like a great series, uh, obviously it improves Boston's chances. Um, but I think, you know, Boston on the other hand is going to have to figure out how they're going to deal with Siakam uh, on the defensive end. And really just the I think the Raptors have a little more size, um, you know, down low with Marcus Gasol and Ibaka um, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out as well. Um, yeah. But I think that's going to be an incredible series. I think it's going to be an incredible series. I think it's going to go at least six or seven. Yeah. Um, probably the best series in the second round. And they're all going to be good. Miami, Milwaukee, Lakers, probably, I think probably Houston at this point, but could be OKC. And then, you know, Clippers, Jazz, we'll see. But um, I think it's going to be the best just basketball. And if you just watch the first round of the playoffs and the bubble games, these are probably the two best teams in the East right now. Um, this this could potentially be the deciding series. Just the way the Bucks have looked is, is not that great. Right. Um, Lowry's huge. It's, you know, and, and he's the most important piece on this Raptors team. I don't know if he's necessarily the best player. Siakam might have an argument. Even Van Fleet has been unbelievable in all yeah. these games. Um, Ibaka has been really good. The Raptors actually have a lot of question marks too. Like if they lose this series, like, okay, are they going to blow things up? Cause you know, Lowry's got to deal left. Ram fleet is an unrestricted free agent. Ibaka's uh, deal is over Gasol. Like they've got a lot of question marks. If they lose in the second round, they might blow it up and say, okay, like it's time to restart, which would be just devastating. Obviously after this incredible run they've had, yeah. um, but Boston, you know, might not have Gordon Hayward. He's obviously not near as important as Kyle Lowry, but it's a it's a piece. It makes Brad Brown make her play more minutes, which which hurts Boston, even though he's a pick guy. Oh, sorry. Um, so so I think this is the most entertaining series. We do not have to give picks yet, even though we're probably going to miss at least game one. So we're going to see that before we give a pick. Yeah. Um, but I, I like the matchup 
for Toronto. I think I think they match up a little bit better just because of the guys they can throw. And, you know, but Boston does have guards to throw at Van Vliet and Lowry, especially, like, smart. Um, and, and probably yeah. Jalen Brown is going to end up guarding Van Vliet, I would think. Yeah. Um, so, it's going to be a great series, man. I think um, that's the one I'm most excited for, anyway. Agreed. Agreed. I can't wait for that one. Yeah. So that starts uh, Thursday night, and then we will be discussing it most likely on Sunday when we are back. That is all we have for this episode of the All In Podcast, guys. Thank you for listening. Make sure if you are on YouTube, go listen to the audio version so you can hear the Nate McMillan discussion. If you are listening on audio, go check out the YouTube page because there you can find All In Politics. They just had a great episode about uh, Joe accepting Kamala Harris as well as the Democratic Convention. Uh, which just happened last week. So they, they've got good stuff going on. Rain and Bliss is dropping tomorrow, I believe, um, but sometime this week for sure. They had a really good discussion on the WAP uh, music video and song, which, um, you know, changed my opinion on things, I'd say. Um, and then Beast Gaming is the newest one. He dropped his first episode last week, eSports podcast. So all the eSports people, if you follow that at all, you've got to check him out. Uh, he is so in tune with all that stuff. And so that's a really good podcast. Um, and all in network.net, you can find the links for, for all those podcasts. Yep. And beast gaming is every other Wednesday. Um, so they will, uh, that podcast will return next Wednesday as well um, to give you updates. Yep. Yep. That's it. So make sure you head over to the website, go to the YouTube page, check out everything we got going on at the all in network. Uh, this was all in podcast. Thanks for listening. guys. See you guys Monday.